Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Living Legends Foundation presents Music Day, a verified hit. Today we're taking a deep dive and opening up Pandora's box and talking all about music and AI. I'm Monique Kelly, and this is Music Day, a verified hit, a podcast all about trends and issues facing the Black music business, unapologetic conversations that we hope will inspire and educate. You can listen to Music Day on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else where you get your podcast. So today, our guests are noted entertainment attorney, Virgil Roberts, and music producer, Chris Warrior. Welcome, gentlemen. We're so happy to have you here. Pleased to be here. Thank you. So I just want to tell our audience about your impressive background, starting with Virgil Roberts Esquire. He is a partner in the law firm of Bobbitt and Roberts, which specializes in representing entertainment industry clients, concentrating on television, film, music, theater licensing, and merchandising. Virgil has represented clients such as, okay, let's get ready for the list, Usher, Kanye West, Shaka Khan, Death Row Records, Black Ground Records, Slip and Slide Records, The Rough Riders, the J. Walter Thompson Agency, and MTV. Prior to opening his own firm, Virgil held executive positions at one of the most successful African-American-owned record companies, Solar Records, in various roles, starting as executive vice president and general counsel, then president of Dick Griffey Productions, and finally as president of Solar Records. Whew, that's, that, that is impressive, okay? Next, we have Chris Warrior. He is a highly accomplished music producer, technology specialist, and educator. As the founder of Melted Crayons, Chris is a trailblazer in using artificial intelligence to promote artists and their creative content. His music production career started when he landed his first placement in Jay-Z's movie, Backstage Mixtape, and he has attained hundreds of song placements across dozens of networks. He has also worked as an information technology specialist, evaluating and integrating software crucial to project development. Alongside building an artist promotion company, he helps to develop computer science and robotics curriculum for the Orange County Department of Education and teaches technology courses. Okay, this is this is good. So we're going to jump right in because AI is such a hot topic and people are just it's trending. People are so intrigued by it. So my first question is for you Virgil, how will copyright laws evolve in response to the rise of AI generated music? It's a, it's a good question. I wish I knew the answer to, but but basically what happens is when laws evolve 
they usually evolve from what it pre-existed. So what, what I would anticipate you're going to see a lot of evolution of the copyright laws are going to be around the fair use doctrine. There's this doctrine that copyrighted material can be used in a certain way if it's fair use. Uh, it's, uh, AI is really brand new. So the, the only thing that we have, there have been a couple of cases that have been filed. They haven't reached uh, appellate court, so there's no decision that has been rendered. But generally think about if, if you use AI as a way to help create music, uh, it would be like using a vocoder or Pro Tools. You know, it's a tech, it's a it's a technology that can be used to make music. The big issue becomes if you use the technology to create music without there being any humans involved, what happens then? Currently, copyright law only protects works that are created by human beings, not by machines, and so. My guess is that what you will see is the copyright law not changing, but you're going to have people like Chris who are going to make effective use of the technology to maybe speed up the production process. You know, there are ways in which AI can be used to make uh, creating music much faster, much more efficient, probably cheaper, but it will be directed by humans. So think of, think of, Technology music has always tended to get rid of groups and go to individuals. You know, when the piano was created, did away with a lot of work by orchestras because all of a sudden a creator could create everything on the piano. Now, let me just let me you, you brought up a really good point, because, Chris, as someone who creates A.I., do you take copyright in, into consideration when you're creating uh, various things using A.I.? I do have concerns about, you know, how it's going to be treated or how it's going to be looked at by people in Virgil's position. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) I wouldn't want to be sued or anything like that uh, for creating something. But I try to just focus on the creative process uh, because, you know, if you think too much about all the things that could go wrong, you're not going to you're not going to make something that's that's worth listening to. So, um, you know, I've been I've been thinking long and hard about this, actually. Um, and I think I think what's going to have to happen is artists, because right now we're at this phase, I don't know if you guys have heard the, the Drake AI song, have you heard that, or the Kanye AI song, where they're, they're cloning voice, voices right now, and, um, and then taking those voices and creating brand new content, brand new songs featuring major artists, and the major artist has not touched the song at all. So I think what's going to have, have to happen is um, we're going to have to start copywriting voices you know your actual voice is your personality um and and i saw this with youtube youtube has this thing where you can take content from other people's you know other people's content and reproduce it or add to it or modify it in some kind of way and they've created a system where the person who originated the content still receives some type of compensation for whatever it is that they do I think we're at a phase right now where we're going to see almost the democratization of of personalities, of actual celebrities, where you can take a full-on celebrity, their voice, their image, and totally manipulate it into, into something else that you want to see. And I'm seeing this mostly with, you know, 20-somethings, teenagers, everybody's kind of hopping into this space on the technical side. 
and they don't have any musical skills, but they do have computer skills. And so they're taking the computer skills and they're making really great stuff. I, like the people I'm talking to, no offense to Drake, but the new Drake AI song, I'm hearing people say they like the new Drake AI song better than they like Drake's last song that he released. So, you know, in a way, you know, hopefully I didn't offend Drake too much, but in a way, <laughs> uh, I think this is kind of good on a creative level, you know? And Virgil, yeah. I saw you, I saw your face. I wanted to get your take on that. I was watching you. <laughs> well, you, you watch my face because there, there have already been uh, cases decided where someone will, let's say, do a TV commercial and they'll get an artist to sing like an artist. And there actually have been cases that have been decided in which the sound alike artist was considered to be an infringement on the voice of the existing artist. Uh, you know, I think we can we can learn a lot by what we've done with samples, where people will sample music and and put it. And when it, when people when uh, artists first start sampling, nobody said anything. But once it started to generate money, people started to say, even if you're only using four bars of a song and you're looping it and using it over and over again, that's copyright infringement. So so I think that. The use of the sound and likeness and phrasing that that comes from another artist, I think the the, the copyright law is eventually going to say that's an infringement. Uh, think about what happened with Robin Thicke and and the song that that uh, he did that was uh, it had the feel of a Marvin Gaye song. If you looked at the lyric sheet or the lead sheets, it was actually a different key, different chords. Etc. But the feel was like got to give it up. That same sort of feel. And guess what? Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams. Yeah, they love to sample Marvin Gaye. Someone else recently had a case. Um, my mind, my mind is slipping. That just settled or just was found. It was an infringement, but they love to use Marvin Gaye. Had a, had a case that the family brought against him, and he mm -hmm. won. Mm -hmm. And again, it's because if you listen to the music. It didn't sound exactly alike at all. And so even though the lawsuit was an infringement because there was a court progression that was similar to what Marvin Gaye had done in his song, but the court decided, no, that was not infringement. And Chris, you kind of touched on this a little bit as well. And I want to hear from both of your perspectives, but what steps can artists and labels take to ensure proper compensation for music created with AI technology? You mentioned copywriting the voice. What other steps can be taken? I'll start off with you, Chris. What is What are your thoughts on that? I think um, kind of like YouTube exists for creators, uh, you know, where or TikTok, where you can take stuff that already exists and and remix it. I think there needs to be, and I, you know, I, I've got a platform I'm developing right now. I think it would be interesting if we just firewalled it. We create platforms that are specific to this type of product, and then that way. I think the labels can can gain more control over it because it's I mean, these things are growing by like, for example, Discord is a platform where you can uh, you can employ bots or cause these bots to produce uh, artificially intelligent videos, images, 
they've got an entire list of artists you just choose from and you can take your voice and change it to any other artist and it just spits out the file and you can use it how you want so we're going to have to create actual platforms so that there's a legal there's a legal aspect to it and anything outside of that platform i think should probably be subject to some type of i don't want to say prosecution or or anything like that but um <laughs> definitely it should be watched i think i also think we can watermark if we can digitally watermark these files uh, and just make them a little bit more secure so they can't be passed along. I, I was even thinking we might want to we might want to start charging people for acapellas. Put a special kind of watermark on that, or firewall it in some way so that you know that a document or something has to be signed that it's going to be used responsibly or or something like that. I I don't want to do too much to get in the way of the creative process, but I understand that people need to be compensated for for who they are because it's not just it's not just taking a Marvin Gaye lick anymore. Now it's actually taking Marvin Gaye's voice. It's taking Marvin Gaye's image. It's taking, you know, the, the full person almost. And in a way that's great, right? Because you can you can resurrect your favorite artist and and make a new version of a, a Michael Jackson song or a Prince song or and it's actually them singing. But um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It's it's a really tough one to consider because this is this has never happened in the history of, of mankind. What are your thoughts, yeah. Virgil? We have a framework now within the existing copyright law and the cases that have been decided. If you use somebody else's creation for profit, you got to pay them. You can't, you can't steal somebody's voice. You can't steal somebody's music without compensating them. Uh, and, and what I suspect will happen is that the AI technology also can work in reverse. You can use AI technology to discover music that has been created by AI. So it's like it's like reversing the process. The same way that somebody can use artificial intelligence to recreate a sound and music and feel that exists within an existing artist, you can also do the sleuthing, if you will, by running music through another kind of AI and identifying product that really is using someone else's voice or music that comes from, from another source. The, the problem with watermarking is that artificial intelligence, and there are a couple of cases that already come up, come up and it's using the image uh, business, like Getty Images has filed some lawsuits. You can actually have AI alter the watermark. So even though you may have a watermarked image or watermarked audio, the algorithms that exist within artificial intelligence can make those watermarks disappear. So it, it really is a complex process. I just think that what we're going to see are, are decisions about compensation and attribution, that is giving credit where credit is due, is going to make use of our existing system and technology and just expand. That's what I think is going to happen. How would they go about doing that, Virgil, in terms of that expansion? For, for example, right now, all the music comes, it's already marked, so you can... You can just shazam a song and find out who wrote it and stuff. So the technology to literally listen to all the music that's out there and identify the source and stuff, it sort of already exists. So my guess would be that some enterprising technocrats will say there's going to be a problem with people stealing material. Let me create an AI system that will basically 
be in the business of looking at photos, listening to music, listening to podcasts, and identifying things that are coming from another source. Uh, and you as a creator, you might subscribe to this source. It may become like another kind of BMI or ASCAP or CSAC, where they're really is on an ongoing basis checking for music that is being stolen, that's being misappropriated, and then making a demand that either it come down or that a license be issued so that the creators can get compensation. And I'm kind of skipping around just based on some of the things that you gentlemen have uh, touched on. But Chris, let me ask you, can AI generated music be considered original and therefore eligible for copyright protection? Um, <laughs> good question. Um, since it's not created by a human, I don't think it, it qualifies as copyrightable, if, if that's the case. Should it be? I think if there's some human involvement, for example, let's say I generated uh, an, an AI uh, song or, or just instrumental, and then I put my voice on that song. I think whatever part is, is contributed by the human, by me, should be copyrightable, but I, I just don't think the track should be. I think uh, I think we need to focus on humanism, you know, and, and just focus on those things that can be verified as human. Otherwise, you're going to end up with people creating you know, a few hundred tracks a day, putting it on Spotify and just kind of monetizing these things in a, in a way that's, <laughs> it's really smart. Sure, it's a, great, it's a great way to make money, but it's just, uh, I, I think it removes, it, re it removes artistry. It, it damages artistry. And, uh, you know, people spend their entire life developing their craft and uh, someone can just come in in a, in a couple minutes and clone them just like that. And uh, that's, that's definitely not the way to go. So, so yeah, so my hope is that, the, like Virgil said, that these uh, some technocrats, uh, even the companies that are making the AI, uh, maybe they add a, a watermark to their own content uh, so it's identifiable. And that would, that would make it a lot easier for other AIs to identify what it is. Um, it's, it's just getting to the point that it's going to be really challenging on the technology side to, to track what is AI and what is not AI. I honestly d don't see a, a, a solution for it other than for companies that create AI products to watermark these things themselves so that whatever they produce, it's already kind of stamped uh, so we know that it's an AI. So Virgil, let's talk about this because I want, I'm all about protecting the artists and their coins. So <laughs> as AI generated mu music becomes more prevalent, how will traditional music royalties be affected? I don't think there'll be any change in the way royalties are paid, okay? Okay. But what, what I think the issue becomes, uh, when does the use of AI enhance the creative process as opposed to stealing the creative process? Um, and that's when I was going to a little earlier, and I said, you know, if you think about the history of the music industry, going back from inception, there have been lots of instruments that have been created so that a creator can create more music without using other musicians. You know, the piano did away with, with orchestras. Uh, what artists do now with Pro Tools and things where you have all these sounds in a computer. So now you can make a track and you don't even have to be able to play the drums or the keyboards or whatever. You can just program that sound. So so the, the, the trick becomes creative people hear something in their in their head. And the the trick has been over the years to figure out 
how can I get what I hear in my head on a tape that can be turned in to a recording? Well, AI has the, the potential to increase the ability or enhance the ability of a creative person to more accurately create what they hear in their head. If that's how AI is used, as opposed to someone saying, well, I like Marvin Gaye, I like, I like Ed Sheeran, I like Drake, let me make something with them and use their voice. Now you're, you're stealing from someone. But if you like the feel of a Drake, you like the sound of a Marvin Gaye, and you're going to use AI to try and help you create something that has that feel and sound to where you're still being a creative person, you're just using the latest technological tool to help you get what's in your head out onto a, on, onto a tape. If it's done that way, then I think it becomes a value yeah. to creative people with the, from the standpoint of what record companies and others will do. I don't think the royalty structure will change. You know, people who create will still get paid what they get paid for creating. The question becomes, is there another way of using AI to create music that is more akin to what people hear? Because when you, when you work with songwriters and creators, they're always saying, oh, that's not exactly it. Can you make it a little fatter? Can you add something to the top? Can we sweeten it? You know, the, all these things that you want to do and what, what technology is allowing is more and more for one person to be able to do what they hear without other. That's, that's the upside of AI. The downside of AI is people who aren't creative going just stealing mm-hmm. other people's creations and saying it's theirs. So the issue becomes how do you detect the fraudsters from the creator? I love how you put that, Virgil. I, I love that. And it, this is just a question that came to my mind for you, Chris, when you're creating, do you, how do you create so that Obviously, you're not one of the fraudsters, clearly, but how do you create so that it's more something that's creative versus you taking from another artist? Well, I mean, of course, I receive inspiration from other artists, but, uh, you know, I, I feel blessed. Uh, I, I've always had music in my head. I've, I started playing keyboards when I was just a kid, um, and I'm, I'm classically trained. I got, I got my degree in, in classical theory and playing, you know, multiple styles. So I don't really have a need to steal but I, I definitely appreciate the fact that I can use, you know, computer tools to help the creative process along. Uh, if I get stuck, then, you know, I wouldn't mind using an AI to help me give, to, to help me find inspiration or uh, new yeah. directions that I can take a, a piece of music. Um, but that's, that's not what I'm seeing in the, in the marketplace right now. That's not what I'm seeing in what I call the Discord or Twitch community. Um, yeah. These guys are just, they're, they're you know, it's, and these communities are growing 10,000 people a day, you know, that are just coming in there. They're grabbing, they're grabbing, uh, you know, just it voices, the voice of their favorite artists and producing content. They're generating new tracks. I, I, I totally understand Virgil's perspective, but it's almost turning into kind of, uh, you guys remember when LimeWire was around? And uh, people were trading movies on on these platforms. They were secure networks, yeah. and they were just kind of spreading without any control. You know, from the movie companies. Uh, we this is where we are. This is this is what I'm seeing, uh, and you know, I'm following this stuff daily uh, as closely as possible. And um, it, it's it could rapidly get out of control if there aren't 
there aren't any uh, safeguards put in place. So uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully labels and <laughs> these companies can figure something out. I have a few ideas that might work, but there's, there's really no guarantee that, that this stuff will work because all you need is someone who is, is a really strong, you know, powerful coder to come along and there are, they're growing exponentially uh, to, to kind of undo these systems, hack these systems and create tools that they can just use with their friends and share these, these creations. I don't think they're, they're intentionally stealing or think, even thinking about stealing content. It's more about it's to them. It is the creative process, just like a musician creates music, creating code that can perform these tricks is their music, is their version of creativity. So I think there has to be some type of meeting of the minds, if you will, between the technologists mm-hmm. and the and the creators of, of music uh, to come up with a rule, a set of rules. Both people need to be in the room. Agreed. Agreed. And, and Virgil, I don't know if you realize that you just coined a new term for intentional AI imitating artists, the AI fraudsters. <laughs> so you might need to copyright that term. But what are some of the legal implications of using AI to create samples or remixes of copyrighted music? Virgil, what are what are some of those implications? Implications is copyright infringement, okay. which means that you can be sued. You know, the, the real issue becomes the the growth of technology and this is where Chris is correct uh, it's it's almost like uh, what's the thing when we you, you know the little pop-ups and you keep hammering them down <laughs> uh, you know right, right now there there are probably about 120,000 singles released every day around the world and the way technology has worked, it's almost impossible to keep track of all what that is. That's why I think the answer is going to be for the industry to come together and think about using AI as a way of identifying the fraudsters. You know, and a lot of people, as Chris said, they do it not even to make money. They do it just because they can. And that makes it even more difficult. I mean, you know, so you're going to sue some kid. This this happened back in the days when Napster was around. You're going to sue some kid who's in his bedroom making music who has generated no money. Uh, and so the threat of a lawsuit to have him disgorge his profits and stuff, I mean, that's of no moment. And so uh, there has to be a technology solution to try and very quickly identify and disable or take down music that con- that's that has that's contained with you know copyrighted material that's been stolen, and I think that ultimately is going to be the answer. You know, um, you, you want to reward people for their creativity, you want to punish people who steal that creativity, and the challenge is that when you have something that's an open source AI where anybody in a, in a, on a planet with billions of people can use it and put it up from their, their bedroom where their bedroom is in Rangoon or Soweto or Watts or, you know, wherever, you know, to have a kind of organized response to stamp that out is something that's going to have to come really from companies and from the technology companies who are the ones that are making AI available. They need to, you know, I would say that if you create something that allows folks to steal, 
you're going to be liable for their thefts. Because what that will do is make people begin to think, how can I responsibly make this available in a way where it cannot be used to create harm? That's what we'd like to see with the gun industry, right? Right now, the gun industry has legislation that exempts them from liability for people murdering people. But I can guarantee you if we change the laws and said, if there was a mass shooting with somebody, and somebody using AR-15 and the manufacturers of AR-15 will be liable for the damages, they would figure out a way to put locks and other things on guns so you could not do what is being done every day in our country. Got to do something similar to that with AI. And kind of going further into that discussion, do you think there should be separate laws and regulations for AI-generated music compared to music created by human musicians? Well, actually, let me start with you, Virgil, because it kind of goes into what you were just saying. And then, Chris, I would love to hear your take on that, too. No, how you have separate laws. What I think is we have a framework to handle intellectual mm-hmm. property, you know, tra- trademarks, patents, copyrights and stuff that has served this country well for more than 250 years. So I don't see creating a separate category because it's it's all going to be music. And the idea is you just want to protect creators from those who are not the creators. Uh, that's what the law is designed to do. So, so I don't think we need separate laws to deal with it. What we may do is we may increase the penalties and other things so that there's more of a deterrence for people stealing copyrighted material. But I don't, I don't see having a whole separate intellectual property uh, system just for AI-generated material. Because should we have something separate for things that are done by Pro Tools? <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's just another, uh, another technology for, for making music. And I think that we can expand the existing system in a way that will adequately protect and compensate people whose material is stolen. And and Chris, let me ask you this. How can artists and labels handle disputes over ownership of AI-generated music from your perspective? I mean, as far as I understand, you know, anything created, or at least images created by AI cannot be copywritten. Uh, So is that the same case with music? You know, I don't know. Here's the the thing. Here's, Here's the issue with me. You can create a piece of music with an AI, just because we're human, we can lie and go, I created this. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's what's going to happen in a lot of cases. People are simply going to lie. You know, I can go on chat GPT right now and I can have it create a, a song in the style of, I'll bring up Drake again. So I can just say, hey, write a Drake song for me. Give me three verses in the style of Drake, one in the form of Kanye, blah, blah, blah. Ten seconds later, there's the song. And I can have it do this all day long all day long so so how how do you how do you stop that and how do you distinguish because it is human nature to just fabricate once you does it people lie about stuff all the time so how how can you distinguish between something written by an ai or something written by a human and and we're at the point now also where i can i can feed the ai all my favorite songs and say hey create something like this and there's no way to check to see if it was AI uh, created or or human created at this point. So my solution would be if if there is a solution is collaborate directly with the record labels and have them sanction AI versions of their artists and of their catalog so that it's usable and that way they can kind of monetize it or control it in some way. 
otherwise it's it's um i don't really don't see it i don't know if people realize how powerful this technology is it's really going to be difficult to to put the um they say the proverbial genie back in the bottle it's <laughs> it's something really different and it's and we're just at the beginning we're just at the beginning it's only going to get more powerful as as we continue so hopefully that that answered your question it does. And I want to know, Virgil, from your perspective, a client comes to you and says, this is what happened. I believe this is my material. How do you handle the dispute with, with your client? It starts with, you know, what you normally would do, if you got a copyright infringement case, you'd get a musicologist and, and they would listen to the music and try and identify what was a pre-existing that was creating this composition. See, see the, the See, see, I think the issue is not with AI creating music. It's AI that is stealing music to create music. Now, keep in mind, there are a finite number of keys. Right? You know, if you go to a piano, you know, how many keys are there on the piano? So it's like, it's like the English language. There are only so many words you can use to communicate, and those words get used over and over again. The, the chords and keys, there are only so many of them. They get used over and over again. So if you had... Uh, an original composition, which AI in theory could create by taking all, all of what it knows about all the different keys and chords and other things and creates them. So if I'm Drake, I said, make a, make a song like I would make. Then I would say if, if Drake does that and he directed it, he should get credit for creating it. Um, you know, I, I think the analogy that we want to, we want to draw upon is like sampling. Mm. If somebody makes a stack of records and goes through and samples one record after the other to create another song, then we're going to say, well, you stole those songs. But if you sit down and you listen to music uh, all the time and then you sit down and you make a song and some of the elements that you have in that song came from some of the things that, that you listen to, every musician spends almost a good part of every day listening to music. And what they come up with is always going to be some agglomeration or conglomeration of things they've heard over their lifetime. We don't say to a songwriter who creates something that comes out of their head that, oh, you are guilty of copyright infringement because you use the same chords that Quincy Jones used. You know, that's not the test. The test is, did you actually take a Quincy Jones song and record it chord for chord note for note. So the fact that somebody may take AI and rearrange notes and come out with something that feels like music that's already been done, that's not copyright infringement. Copyright infringement is when you go and you just copy what has already been done exactly as it was done and then put that together. And so I think that's why I think that we have an existing structure, given all that we've gone through with sampling, with vocorders, all kinds of things that enhance the music experience that comes from technology. The enhancement of the of the song and creating song, that is not in and of itself copyright infringement. And so we, we can't stop technology. What we have to do is we have to figure out how do we manage it. And that's why I think ultimately, I really think you're going to see, because the problem has clearly been identified. We have a multi-billion dollar industry in music that can be undermined by people stealing. So you're going to see some folks like Chris, who are, you know, technophiles, that are going to come up with a way to come up with identifying music that has been stolen 
And that will be something that will say, what you can do is you can use my machine and you use my machine, we can find the fraudsters and we can take that music down and make sure that the creators get it. I love that. Uh, you're coming up with all the good uh, technology, the, the terms. Um, so Chris, uh, Mr. Technophile, I, what, I have a question for you. <laughs> In your opinion, do you think AI-generated music will eventually become mainstream in the music industry? Uh, the fast and easy answer is absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's inevitable because because you can take the best of everything you like and and just pour it into a song. I, I even think it's going to get to the point where people are just making their own songs, uh, just like people are generating their own images. You just simply tell the the AI what you want to hear, what you're into, and it can generate exactly what you like on the spot. You know, that's we're right around the corner from that. From your favorite artists and combine artists if you want. So yes, the 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 direct answer is. It will happen. And Virgil, have there been any notable cases yet where AI-generated music was disputed in terms of copyright ownership? There, there has been no litigation okay. yet. It's, it's that new, you know, and the legal process moves exceedingly slowly, you know. So, like, if I, if I find a piece of copyrighted music that's been created by the time you write a cease and desist letter, say, take it down... Then you file a lawsuit and they have a month to answer the lawsuit. And then after they answer the lawsuit, you're going to do discovery. You know, you're going to take depositions and interrogatories and stuff. And then you have a trial that may may come two years after you file the lawsuit. And then it gonna, it's going to go up on appeal to a court of appeal. And it'll be issues of a first impression. So we're probably years away before there'll be some decisions that are made by courts. And that's why I think the decisions are going to be made in the marketplace before we get to uh, litigation uh, uh, around around those issues, because it's happening so rapidly. I tell you, technology, it's, you know, things change, new situations happen with it. So you two gentlemen, I, I could talk to you guys all day because you're minds are just massive. Um, you guys are filled with so much uh, information. So I really, really appreciate both of your insights into AI and the music industry. Um, and in terms of our audience, we hope that you enjoyed learning so much about AI from Chris and Virgil today. Uh, great stuff here. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the audio podcast, please subscribe, follow, rate, comment. We'll be sure to comment back to you. And uh, before we close out, uh, Virgil and Chris, we would love for you to share your social media contact, our website information. Virgil, let's start with you. So uh, you can get me uh, on LinkedIn uh, or Facebook um, or Instagram. That It's all there and it's all Virgil Roberts if people want to reach out to me. I am uh, I, I'm a confirmed Luddite. So the fact that you reach out doesn't mean that I'm going to respond. <laughs> so, so, so my ability to respond is limited to my ability to deal with technology. And you got to remember, you know, uh, I, I'm a kind of kid who grew up. And for me, just, just doing direct dial was something brand new on the phone. So, so I grew up and he said, operator, would you please give me this number? Uh, so I'm still adjusting to, to technology, but because of the business I'm in, they're probably all the social media sites I'm there, but I'm not sophisticated enough to have 
a separate handle other than just my name, Virgil Roberts. Okay, that's good. And then Chris, I'm sure you'll create some technology to help with that. But in the meantime, where can our audience and listeners find you on your social media and website information? Yeah. Okay. So on on Twitter, uh, I'm I am Chris Warrior. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, you can find me at Christopher Warrior on Instagram. Chris Warrior again on LinkedIn. And then the uh, our website is meltedcrayons.tv. And if you just click on the CEO uh, button at the very bottom of the screen, you can send me an email. I got you. And with a name like that, with a name like Chris Warrior, that's a powerful name. You might as well use it on everything. I'm just saying. So to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. This is Music Day, and we'll see you next time. Music Day, a verified hit. Associate producers Jackie Reinhardt, Varnell Johnson, Vivian Scott Chu, Mark Hill, Tony Winger, Sheila Eldridge, Pat Shields, Ken Johnson, and Shannon Henderson. This has been a Living Legends Foundation, Inc. production. Find out more about the Living Legends Foundation, Inc. or donate at livinglegendsfoundation.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.